Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place where everything related to Amazon FBA private level and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. Today we'll bring you another guest. His name is Daniel Steinman and he's the brand manager uh, where they specialize actually in imports, compliance and supply chain within C. Um, they actually specialize also in helping you grow your brand internationally, which is actually why I wanted to bring you today, Daniel, because I think today's topic is going to be very important with everything that's happening worldwide. And I think discussing about how to expand your business overseas and what are the compliance that usually are involved is going to be key for a lot of uh, Amazon sellers listening to this today. However, before we jump into that, let me introduce you. Let me give you a few minutes so you can tell us who you are. Are you just starting to e-commerce business? Um, let's go from there. Yeah. No, thanks, Vince. Uh, it's, it's great seeing a familiar face. Obviously, um, we've been speaking a lot, so it's great to sort of take our conversations that's always been private, sort of public, and, and share the knowledge we both have in the space. Um, yeah, just for your audience, my name is Daniel Stamen, as you mentioned. Uh, actually, I'm a brand owner myself, uh, and I help start see within within a larger group of tech companies. Um, so. When I started, I was one of the, the youngsters on the project. And in the last 18 wow. months, when Z really took off, uh, we helped grow the business from four people to over 100 people worldwide. Wow, congrats. Um, we grow them fast because of the massive demand there is for big um, Amazon yeah. and, and, and Shopify sellers that want to say, listen, um, especially with all of the recession that's coming up is I need to diversify. You know, I'm already on Walmart. I'm already um, everywhere in the US, but it's time to go global. And um, yeah, that's where I specialize in is, is really helping brands understand and navigate all of the intricacies with going global, all of the import compliance. Uh, almost if I can say it in a nice way is all the shitty work we make sure <laughs> we do that on your PR. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I mean, th that's why I think today's topic is going to be very interesting because whenever you talk to somebody about expanding internationally, they get very scared because the first yes. thing they think about is how do I get my inventory there? How to deal with compliance? How to deal with taxes and so on? So I think it's going to be a great to touch some of those points and, and provide some advice so they feel more uh, confident about taking this important step within the Amazon business, right? So um, I think let's start uh, by... The typical first question somebody that is an Amazon seller uh, will think in terms of taking the decision when it comes to expanding international, which is what the first thing would you say a, an Amazon seller should consider before making the jump into deciding I want to expand globally and I want to start selling into other countries? What, what would you say are those few things people should start considering? Yeah. I think it's important for sellers to, to sort of give themselves a, a timeline of what is the goal? When do they want to go international? Because a lot of times people don't realize that, you know, first step is getting your VAT registered and compliant with your products, which can easily take two, three months into Europe these days. Uh, with, <clears throat> sorry, with authorities taking along with the filings. 
So you need to tell me what is your timeline. And if it's sooner than later, we need to get you filed for that and registered today, if not yesterday. So that's sort of the first step is saying we need to become legal for sale in Europe and in the UK. Now, because of the way uh, the sales tax work in the USA, this is sort of a very unfamiliar um, topic for a lot of sellers. They don't understand that they actually need an accountant that will be doing all, doing all filings for them, making sure they get their returns in a time. Um, and uh, I did study accounting and come from a finance background. So this is sort of very like second age to me, but a lot of yeah. sellers don't understand that that is completely different than the way sales tax work in the US. So that would sort of be step one. Um, I think while you're waiting in the process, um, especially if you're a private label seller, um, do yourself the favor and get your brand registry with Amazon uh, going in Europe and the UK. You don't want to have um, a product that you can't defend in a different market. So that would sort of be, that's not something we do, but I've got people I can send you to that can help you with that. But that's sort of one of the things that while we're getting you compliant for, for import that you really do consider. So that's sort of the first step that you need to consider. And then you need to go look at the product you're selling because, um, yeah, you know, people underestimate that certain categories like cosmetics, electronics, uh, food related products, the amount of hoops and red tape involved of getting compliant in Europe and the UK. Um, I mean, people now buzzword is EPR, the, the WEEE yeah. Act, all of these things that they need to get when they're selling in Europe and the UK and um, that they just have no clue on. So I'll always I'll ask them, you know, what is more important for you? Is that about saving every penny or do you want to save a lot of time because if you want to do it yourself um you know i'm more than happy to say go into the wild go research it yourself but you're wasting a lot of time not coming to an expert i think it's the same when people come to economy uh, with yourself it's you can run your own ads you can run your own brand but we can do it better and i think it's similar yeah. to us saying listen we can take your hands give me your hand follow me and I'll tell you exactly what you need to do and you don't have to waste a minute doing it. it will be your yeah. turnkey solution for expansion globally. So the second part is, as I mentioned, is the product compliance is, and Z can assist you, there's people that can assist you with that. We've got a massive team of lawyers working on that, but knowing what is the different licenses and permits you need to be legal for import, uh, what declarations you need to fill in. And then lastly, when you're going into Europe and the UK, um, the sort of the crux what, what, what makes it really difficult is because you are based in the USA or somewhere else, you actually need an entity that is import compliant that will act as your mm. import of record and do all of the filings and paperwork to guarantee a smooth custom clearance. Freight forwarders don't do that. A lot of times yeah. people expect <laughs> that because they get their goods from China to the US with a freight forwarder, they can just do that into Europe. That's why so many people's goods get stuck in customs in Germany and France, because the way it's declared, the way, you know, the labels are set up, it's wrong. Uh, and they also don't have someone that's importing on their behalf. So these are the things you need to consider. These tick boxes of VAT, product compliance, who's doing your import, and then your freight. Now, I don't want to make this a podcast about no, selling, right. <laughs> but, we do, but we do assist with all of that. So if you are looking to make sure that you expand in a timely and easy manner and you can focus on what you're good at and that's building your brand, we're a good partner. But everything I did tell you, if you want to waste a lot of time, you can go look at all of those different things on your own and, and see if you can get that registered. Um, sort of an advice that I always give is Amazon actually for very cheap white label uh, VAT registrations in UK and Europe. So you can do it through them. The problem is it's when there's any complexities in your filings 
good luck getting a nobody's gonna help you yeah yeah so look you can do it there is cheaper ways to try and do it i think it's up to the seller to say how they want to expand and what's most important you know what's their value of time so that's, that's sort of my like the bit of a bigger picture of, of what you need to do and what your steps involve is when going global great yeah yeah thank you thank you for those tips i mean those are amazing i think the other thing people so i see these mistakes happening also a lot is that when they try to expand and maybe you also agree on this is they try to expand to as many countries as possible at the same time so yeah. i want to take your taking this what is usually based on your experience and the results you see in your clients what is the best approach would you advise starting first with the best uh, marketplaces in europe such as uk and germany or would you advise to blast everything and start the whole euro at once so what is usually your advice on this yeah. yeah so i think it depends on how much stock do you have and what's your budget because if you have that and you and you have the right uh, partner expanding into all of the markets at once isn't very difficult but um i'm, I'm going to pretend as if someone is scared and they only want to go into one market to sort of answer your question if you're selling only in the usa and um, my first suggestion would be that even though you're registered for not and you're fulfilling uh, via North American remote fulfillment to Canada and um, Mexico, you don't have access to their prime members if you're fulfilling from the US. So my yeah. first actual suggestion would be, let's get you import, let's get you selling from Canada. That's a quick road freight. We'll do your import clearance and you actually sell on Amazon Canada because then you get access to their prime members you'll have a 10% boost in your sales. That's a very quick, easy first step. Uh, Mexico is quite a difficult one. We can assist you with it, but you need to think that your margin will have a bit of a cut because you'll struggle with the, the import VAT um, there. That would be my first step. A lot of people are already doing that. Fine. Okay. Second step would be UK and Europe, and I'll do both at the same time, and I'll tell you why. The effort of going into um, UK and Europe, although there's a lot of different legislation now post-Brexit, and a lot of different hoops you'll need to spring through. If you are going to use someone like us to do it, the, the time it will take you to actually give us the documentation, we'll be able to do both of you at the same time. Hmm. So I think if you want to go, like, you know, you want to expand, um, I would do both and I'll register for pan-EU uh, VAT in the whole of Europe because then you can have prime member fulfillment into all of those countries and not just France or Germany. So that would be my, like if you want to go relatively aggressive, that's a good approach. UK and, and, and Europe at once. If not, almost just start with the UK. That's one market you can do. Um, it's something that's a bit easier for, for US sellers to get into. Um, but I do think Europe is a very untapped market. Because there's so much registrations and laws, people are scared to sell there or they yeah. stop selling there. But the, yeah. the stats uh, is crazy. If you look at how much people post-Brexit isn't selling into Europe, but the yeah. people are still consuming. You know, the the inflation people in America is experiencing isn't nearly as high in Europe. So there's yeah. still consumerism and a hunger for great products in Europe. And um, yeah. I think it's it's any Amazon seller or e-commerce brand that have a good product and a good following. It's your responsibility to diversify into Europe to make sure that as this recession we all sort of know is maybe coming that you are diversified and not just taking a hit on one sales channel but you already have two or three you're actually making money from awesome yeah amazing advice yeah i think at the end of the day it's always going to come down for sure on your budget and inventory because let's say you have just 500 units for sure doesn't yeah. make sense to go all europe like you have yeah. 
10,000 units, then for sure it makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah, Great. I think so, I agree. Yeah, just a last thing to add. I think, and then there is quite a few sellers that's like listening and saying, okay, but I'm selling there and Europe and UK, where else? Well, then I think it's at a point where you need someone that can centralize your supply chain and you just drip feed a bit into UAE, Japan, Australia, just because those markets will never um, do what you can do in the US. But if you combine all of these small additional lanes, you never know where one of your products become the, the biggest hit Bigger. or the top seller. So it's, it's yeah. good to keep your feet in those markets. Um, and it's not nearly as much stock needed there as you will need for Europe, UK and uh, USA. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now that you actually tortured those marketplaces, I also want to briefly um, talk about them and, and, and discuss how complicated would you say is compared to Europe go into Asia. Like, for example, you just mentioned here, uh, for example, these new marketplaces in Dubai, then you have Japan, then you have Turkey. So can you briefly touch how these markets compared to Europe and if they're actually more complicated or is similar in terms of compliance when it comes to expanding into those as well? Mm. Uh, good question. Um, I think, especially Asia, uh, Japan, and Singapore and UAE, those ones it's very tricky to get your like VAT registered, or they, they have a different um, naming for it there. But there's not as much suppliers in the market that actually get your goods uh, ready for sale there compared to Europe and UK. So we do do it, but there's less sort of com competition there, um, which makes okay. it a bit more price sensitive for getting registered. I think. Um, and then above that, um, it really is product dependent. So to give you an idea, any sort of supplements into Japan is very, very difficult. So it's very much yeah. product dependent. Um, but I'm always happy for people that's listening to the podcast to, to jump on a quick call and, and look at their specific scenario and be like, this market would be your better choice. And this is why. But um, I think it's a very difficult one to generally answer. I think yeah. all of them are difficult in the sense that it's different languages, different regulations, and it all depends on how much you want to sort of outsource or do the work yourself. If you do it with yeah. us, all of them are pretty similar, easy. Uh, it just depends on sort of getting all of the necessary registrations, which in some countries for some products take longer. Good. So that means when expanding globally, now that you mentioned supplements, will you say that that is one of the categories that is, is the most complicated to get compliance in, in when expanding globally or you have all the categories in mind that you could also say these are also difficult sometimes to yeah. approve. So yeah. supplement is tricky but it's possible. Um, I think what with just some other categories that's also relatively like compliance to go through is sort of um, in ele electronics, um, any mm. food, food sort of products, uh, especially if it's food made from organic sources, that, that really does become tricky. Um, and then I think other categories to look at, which is also difficult, is any baby baby products mm. being certain yeah. sort of categories for safety, um, etc. And then um, I think if you're a private label seller, there's very little places where you can't go in because of your own brand you're building. But for resellers, the other thing you need to look at is trademark infringements, like who's got the rights in those countries. So let's say you're doing Tommy Hilfiger in the US, that doesn't mean you can actually just ship your goods to Europe. Like you need to mm -hmm. make sure you've got what's needed. Um, yeah. So with that, you know, trademark patents, um, royalties become a bit of a tricky one. Um, I think some of the easier categories is sort of um, where there's not really where you didn't have a lot of permits needed in the US to sell. So any clothing is, is usually quite, you know, 
easy to get Shepard. in. That's a product that gets shipped quite often. Um, but so, even with that, to give you an example, is you still need to look at your labels and making sure all of the translation mm. and stuff are correct. So there's never no compliance to be done. Um, but in some cases, there's just much more. But if a brand is well, um, you know, like well registered, if I can use that fr um, phrase, in Europe, oh, sorry, I mean in the USA, there's a lot of the permits and filings that they have. It's just filing it to the right people and applying mm. for the right things. So it's not that hard if they have everything. Um, so yeah. if you are well established in the US, the odds of you being like getting your goods into all of those countries are, are pretty good. That's it. You also mentioned something interesting, which is the labels. I actually have seen that mistake happening for some people as well, which is they think if they have the labels in English, like most sellers in the US and into Europe, they're fine. But I don't know if you yeah. can briefly touch on that, that actually you need to translate them, even instructions. So is that applicable to all products or will you say that's specific to some categories, that specific issue of labeling? Just based on a recent client of work with that actually have a very easy product. I think it's required in, in Europe for, for any product. And I think there's a lot of different, um, there's mm -hmm. a lot of different things where some countries, yeah, you can't use capital letters. There's such, you know, like every country is something <laughs> different. And uh, I think that's Crazy. why people are so scared. They just, they just want someone to tell them they're okay, you know, and um, yeah. that, that's us usually. Good, good. Awesome, awesome. So, okay, so we talk about uh, compliance and also everything that has to be uh, done in terms of uh, shipping to those countries. So I, at the beginning, I also mentioned that you also have experience when it comes to supply chain. So how do you see usually supply chain playing a role here when it comes to expanding? So you also have them maybe moving supply chain to different locations. Can you briefly touch on that as well? Yes, yes. Um, I think just sort of in a, based on our convo, hopefully people know, but, you know, we aren't a freight forwarder, but because of the thousands of shipments we do um, through the different divisions in the business, we've got unbelievable relationships with freight providers across the globe that can really pick up from anywhere and deliver to anywhere worldwide. Now, with that, what we always happy to sort of get quotations for for my clients and give them a great like on the dot estimate of what their their freight would be looking like um, from anywhere to where they want to go so it is quite nice because you can really before and actually know exactly what your cost per unit is to go global like you can actually know what that measurement is and obviously i think with time and as your um, quantities go up that price will drop. Yeah. Um, but I think sellers are sometimes too scared to go initially international because they see the, the price per unit and they're like, oh, that's double I used to pay in the US. Yeah. And they don't understand that, yes, their margin is dropping a bit in that new market, but they enabling, it enables them to new sales channels, new customers, and, and the possibility of really exploding in that market because of the, the competition that's next. So... I don't know if that answers your question, but yes, we work with with, with freight force. We can do road, sea, and air freight, and, and all relatively, I'm confident, quite competitive pricing, so that we actually do everything for you. So you don't actually even have to book freight. You just book it, book, book us, and your um, account manager will do everything for you. They'll organize pickup. They'll do all of the paperwork, the clearance. So it is, it's, I think it's very much like uh, you do on the front side is we're a turnkey agency on the back end for your supply chain. That's awesome. Great. That's awesome. So I think you also mentioned uh, just for all those sellers listening that you just don't help with Amazon. Actually, you also 
can help with any other marketplace, like for example, if they sell on, on, on Shopify or other channels. So how usually you see your service changing depending on the marketplace. It's very similar or you see some requirement changing. Can you briefly also touch on that? Yeah. So I think, and I, it will also be applicable to some larger Amazon sellers, but um, when it comes to, to Shopify, obviously Shopify's recent investment in uh, those three PR companies for a few billion dollars, will make them really become more accessible to 3PLs across the globe. But currently, when all of my big, um, you know, DTC brands or my big Amazon sellers, they don't, they send containers load into a country to a 3PL warehouse and then drip feed into Amazon um, based on obviously the, the amount of units that they yeah. have, the, the space they have with Amazon. I mean, we all know that sort of, um, space on Amazon's website has become less and less in the last year. Stock limits has been the buzzword of 2021. So when it comes to bigger sellers, and I do have a very broad network of people in that industry, is we'll actually also help you. And, and we don't do it ourselves, but we've got great partners that we trust with three PLs across the globe. We will also negotiate your rates there and, and introduce you to them so that you can send your goods to a three PL, you know, once off two 40 foot containers and then drip feed into Amazon. Um, as you go, you obviously save a bit of money there on the freight. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the sort of the downside of that is you're not flexible. Uh, whereas if you're doing smaller shipments regularly, um, I mean, there's I'm, 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 without mentioning a name, I know a top 20 all time Amazon seller that does only as um, air freight into Europe. But he ships, he sends goods every day of the, of the yeah. year because for him he wants that flexibility and the, it outweighs the benefits of having to do the three PL side. Um, but it depends on how much rack space you have, and that's why I'm, I don't know if you understand the connection. But with Shopify, you yeah. you just have to go into three PLs. So yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good to hear that you guys also help on that because I know sometimes clients also want the flexibility to our marketplaces and the fact that you guys also help with that is awesome. Very nice, very nice. Good. So I think uh, one of my last questions so we start concluding today's episode will be, I always uh, like to ask this question to the specific topic is, is there any other specific maybe tip or, or strategy or thing to consider so our listeners uh, that are watching this episode today can implement when it comes to expansion any advice um i think trying to to maybe just reiterate one of the most important things is it doesn't help you expand um immediately if you haven't looked at trademarking your brand i think doing via brand registry on amazon uk and europe well it's not expensive if, if not free and you literally yeah. just get that to see if your name's available, if your product is there, because you don't want to go in and fight black ads for that part. <laughs> There's things that even if you aren't considering doing that in the next three months, I don't care. Still just go get your, your trademark and, and stuff licensed so that you can operate there. And if not, that when an aggregator looks at acquiring you, which is becoming less and less in these in the current <laughs> market, you know, you at least show them that there is that possibility of how they can grow the brand if you don't want to do it yourself. Awesome. Awesome tip. Very nice. Good, good. So yes, I mean, I want to thank you once again for coming, but for sure, before we conclude uh, to this episode, I want to give you a few minutes because I know some people might want to reach out to use your service or just to ask some questions. So please feel free to share how people can get in touch with you, how they can find out more about your, the company C. Um, yeah, how they can get started with you guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, great. Look, Vin, I'm always happy to to take on calls of clients. There's, for me, there's never a wasted moment. Like either I'm learning or I'm adding value. So they can send me a mail directly at d a n e l s t e at z co. So you can maybe put that in the in the show notes. They can sure. just ask me. I'm, I'm happy to respond myself. And then if not, and they want to get access to the rest of our team and my and my team, just go to z co our website and your inquiry there and some someone in our team will reach out so yeah we're really excited for this and uh, yeah we've we've had obviously a few times and it's good to sort of take the private converse and public and, and share knowledge where we can yeah thank you very much thank you very much for your knowledge and everything so definitely gonna have you back in a future episode and uh, yeah let's keep in touch okay fantastic cheers man you bye. Guys have a great bye. Day. appreciate take it care, Daniel. bye thank you Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or... Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.